2: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com.
3: And Overnight America continues. What a great interview. I learned so much from Ann Bossum in that last hour. Inside the 1944 plot to kill Hitler and the ghost children of his revenge i knew about that assassination plot of hitler i did not realize that afterwards he found out the conspirators executed them and their wives and then took their kids and put them into uh, basically kid prison and eventually when they were liberated they were out no parents and now looked at as a traitor because their parents tried to assassinate hitler isn't that something what a story so if you missed that, we'll be posting it online in the Overnight America podcast. I may have to put that up on our website, too. If you go to Ryan Recker on KMOX.com in the show pages, wow, I just was really into that interview and was great at giving all kinds of different angles and thoughts and dilemmas that they were put into. This hour, I said that this would be the hour. We'll talk about the impeachment from earlier today. Feel free to call in. If you want to start doing that now, you can at 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. In the story, everywhere, I guess you can go to KMOX.com for it, too. Trump impeached after Capitol riot in historic second charge. So this will be the first time that a president was charged twice. Now, keep in mind that we are one week away from the inauguration of Joe Biden, where he'll become president of the United States. And all of this seems for naught because Mitch McConnell already indicated they're not even going to bring this up until, well, probably the earliest would be the day before the inauguration. But his stance is that it won't happen until after the inauguration. And then we talked to Michael Bussler in the first hour, and he brought up a pretty good point. If Senate wants to wrap themselves up in a multi-week trial of Donald Trump to lay out these things that they didn't properly bring up to begin with. Now, keep in mind, normally when you have these documents of, you know, here's the study or here's why we decided to put together this finding this and this is why we've decided to move forward with impeachment. None of that was done ahead of time. So they cite certain, you know, quotes and they, you know, of course, misquote. They don't really put a full context into things. And when they put these things and lay these out, of course, all Democrats said, yes, we're going to do this. It was very political and leany. But then again, this whole process is political by nature. But what I think could happen, and Michael Bussler was so right at saying this, you're going to have Joe Biden that wants to get some of his cabinet members approved, and he's going to want to try to get some legislation through with stimulus, and they're going to want to try to do, well, fill in the blank. How many things do they want to get done? Or do they want to tie up The first couple of weeks of the Biden administration with this, and I don't think that would be smart. I don't think they should. I don't think most people want that. I don't think Americans really want that. Uh, I guess they can push it out. But really, do they want to push it out? Maybe. Maybe they just wanted to make this point and then they'll drop it. They'll say, "Okay, we did what we were supposed to do we had this hanging over, and then they'll drop it as soon as the power changes and they name Chuck Schumer the uh, head of the Senate and you know Nancy Pelosi stays in the House. Maybe it'll just uh, be a mute point after that, and they'll say, well, we did what we thought was best. We got it off of our chest, and now we're done with it. Could be something along those lines. But look at all of the damage that's already done. Uh, Congressman Tom Cole has already brought it up.
4: Mr. Speaker, I can think of nothing that will cause further division more and the path the majority is now taking. Rather than looking ahead to a new administration, the majority is again seeking to settle scores against the old one. Rather than seeking to heal America, they're seeking to divide us more deeply. And rather than following the appropriate processes the House has used in every modern impeachment, majorities rushing to the floor, tripping all over themselves in their rush to impeach pre- the president a second time.
3: This is more from Congressman Tom Cole, a Republican.
4: President Trump has conceded the 2020 election. Congress has certified the results of the election. And next Wednesday, President-elect Biden will be sworn in as the president of the United States. Congress and the nation can move forward knowing that the political process was completed as designed as the constitutional framework that has governed our republic since 1789 held firm. But instead of moving forward as a unifying force, majority in the House is choosing to divide us further. With only a week to go in in his term, the majority is asking us to consider a resolution impeaching President Trump. And they do so knowing full well that even if the House passes this resolution, the Senate will not be able to begin considering these charges until after President Trump's term ends. Mr. Speaker, I can think of no action the House can take It's more likely to further divide the American people than the action we are contemplating
3: today. So, yes, if you're going to be realistic with this process, you realize that it's just meant to try to prove a point. It's not meant to be serious when it comes to bringing high crimes and misdemeanors to the table that will be actually debated and looked at uh, as an actual crime. It's not meant that way. Uh, I think that once Trump leaves office here in a week and it's going to be Joe Biden, like this time next week when we open up the show, we'll have a new president of the United States with Joe Biden being that president. It, I don't know what is going to feel different. I don't know what we're going to be talking about then. And anything could change between now and then. I mean, there there could be eight big stories that pop up and we're not even thinking about this anymore. I, I just don't know anymore. I honestly don't. If you want to talk about the impeachment and you want to talk about what happened today, where things are going, we could do that. I have some more clips that we could play too. 314-436-7900. I will take your calls. We did uh, some calls last night and we ran out of time. We're going to spend the full hour this time around. So uh, line them up if you want to get on. It's Overnight America KMOX. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. All right, welcome back. I want to take some of your calls on this. And I know that last night uh, I may have been outnumbered in my thinking. So that's fine. You can call in and you can mention you don't like uh, my take on this. That's perfectly fine. But we are going to talk about it still. And I do not believe there's anything fruitful that is going to come from this. I just do think that there's just a lot of political vengeance that needs to be done. If it gets it off of their chest and we could be done with it afterwards, That's one thing I don't know if it would be good to drag something like this out, knowing that you haven't done any sort of investigation into it and you just want to just slap it out there because you feel like you can get all the support of the Democrats. That's dangerous. The way that you're playing around toying with this uh, impeachment as a mechanism, it's not how we should be handling things. So we'll take some of your calls. And Larry, you're first. Welcome to Overnight America.
5: Good evening. I got a couple points I'd like to make. First of all, in the... In your first hour today, Corey Bush said, "How did she refer to to our president?"
3: Uh, it was pretty disgraceful. Uh, do you want me to play it? Do you want to hear it or not?
5: No, I don't want. to. No, what what was the verbiage though? It, like I, a white I, vigilante or something like that?
3: No, I think he said white supremacist in oh, chief. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Ugh.
5: Okay. So so um, I'm seeing where the the uh, Congress people are getting some uh, counseling. They're getting counseling for their grief. And I can understand there's probably a lot of them that were scared, but you know what all across the country since oh I don't know twenty fourteen michael Brown situation, cities were burned up, people were beaten up, people were scorned. Where's their counseling here's the here's the here's the thing here the Democratic Party is antinomian, meaning they are against the law and live outside the law. Look at the violence and the fires and all the corruption, and they call this a peaceful protest. All you got to do is go to CSNBC, all these stations. What you need to do is wipe your television so you get rid of that virus off your screen.
3: <laughs> wipe the virus off your screen. Larry, thank wipe you very much for your call. Wipe the virus off your I, screen. I like it. That's, actually, that's probably the best thing you can do is turn it off all the way i uh, wipe that virus off your screen, turn off CNN, MSNBC, and things like that. Yes. Think about all of the virus that you welcome into your home by watching that. Wow. That's a good way of looking at it, I guess. All right. Uh, and Brother Modest Virtue calling back. You see, when I get a name like that on the call screen, or I know it's good. Welcome to Overnight America. Thank you,
6: sir. Thank you. How you doing this evening? Doing good. Okay, um this is kinda of painful. Sometimes I look at things from a different perspective and this came to me today. Um I feel sorry for the people that got caught up in that situation wherein they uh stormed the Capitol. the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they got sucker punt sucker punched. And I say that because uh back during the uh George W. Bush administration, uh, Saddam Hussein had been given a green light, so to speak, to do what he did in invading Kuwait. U.S. U.S. had uh, gave him all his armaments and uh, trained his armies, raised them up, so to speak, and he was their puppet, and he announced, supposedly, that he was going to invade Kuwait, and no one said a word. He did that, and the United States flexed their muscles. Well, he seemingly was set up. But at the same time, uh, the president ordered all reservists in, and these were people, people who were older, a lot of them middle-aged and older, and were holding down good jobs in the workforce and drawing money uh, doing the weekend soldier thing once a month. And so he was going to clean a lot of this out. And the second order of business, he ordered 30,000 caskets and it seemed as though they were drawn out. And, uh, I looked today at the situation and it seems as though, uh, the Trump supporters heard the rally cry and they went rushing in and, uh, the nation capital seemingly was left, uh, unguarded when you compare it to how uh, the guard was stacked on the staircases during the, uh, the, uh, the protests, uh, the Black Lives Matter, I'll put it like that. But um,
3: it's like... Well, okay, were- I'll, I guess I'll comment on some of those things, and you can react to it, which is fine. But uh, I, I don't believe that Donald Trump was directing anyone to commit acts of violence do you believe he was directly trying to direct them to do that
6: i won't say that he was trying to do so but it it was taken that way uh-huh. and they were drawn in they were drawn in and
3: it, oh okay so uh, so you, so you, it, even though it wasn't something that he didn't directly instruct them to do he didn't alleviate it clearly enough and then some people through their own mental understanding of things, decided to take it that way.
6: Yeah, they were leaning so heavily in that direction anyway. And so Mm. it didn't take much. It didn't take much to uh, uh, trip them or or, or trigger them. But anyway, they were were drawn in, and it's it's as though they were drawn into a setup. And Hmm. they got in there, it's like, okay, we got your handprints, we got you. And so now we're coming for you. And, yeah. and uh, the situation now is like, uh, I think they refer to, to it in history books as the night of the broken glass hmm. when um, the Nazis went around and, 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 and were breaking the store windows and rounding up all the, uh, the Jews or what have you.
3: Yeah, I, I guess I don't, um, I wouldn't try to compare this at all with Nazi Germany or anything like that. Um, I, I don't look at it that way, too. But one other thing you mentioned was the way the guards were trying to handle the situation and there definitely wasn't enough help on hand in order to to fortify the Capitol in the way that you would want them to be able to do that. Uh, I think there's other things at play that could have been happening the way that they wanted to change policing based on some of the riots in D.C. over the summer. And I I would point out that during the whole Kavanaugh hearings with the Supreme Court nomination of Justice Kavanaugh, you saw that there were protesters that were able to get through the barriers and get up to the steps of the Capitol and were banging on the doors. Now, keep in mind, they were not let in, nor were they allowed to be let in but they did overtake the security that was there, but they were stopped at the doors. This is the big difference. They got the, the riot that happened last week, they got through, and there were a lot of people that got through. I think that the FBI said it was about 150 people they're looking for still. They may have over 100 arrests so far. The photographs I saw at first made it look like not everyone was going through, and of course, when you have tens of thousands of people outside, not everyone was going through because then obviously you'd, It would be a different story. But a lot of them did go up the stairs and they made it to the threshold. And then the ones that went inside, um, yeah, if if it's 150 or so that they're able to identify so far, uh, keep them coming. Anyone else that went through there. But, uh, you know, I understand your comparisons there in uh, Brother Modest Virtue. I I like the name, too. So thank you so much for calling in tonight. Um, I, I think that... I I think that the way I purposely wanted to ask that question, do you believe that Donald Trump directed people to do this? And when you talk about incitement, you have to ask that question. Did he direct people to do this? I don't think anyone could cite the speech or anything else and say it was him directly telling people to do this. I don't think so. Um, I think the big difference, and I started to think about this today, Maybe the big difference between what we've seen the last couple of years, the way that the Democrats have used very heated language, and there have been some that even rose to the levels of violence. Don't forget the madman over in Illinois that goes to the congressional baseball or softball practice and wanted to kill Republicans, ended up shooting Steve Scalise and some other security members that were out there before he was taken out himself. Very scary moment directed by Bernie Sanders in his mind. That's what he thought he was doing. And no one blames Bernie Sanders for that. But what I'm saying is uh, the way I was thinking about this is is it just a matter of multitudes based on the amount of people that show up in support of Donald Trump that the likelihood of someone going crazy and doing things like this are higher like so if, if you're a Donald Trump and you can command ten or twenty thousand people at a rally and you're Nancy Pelosi, but you might get two hundred you know if she shows up she doesn't really is it just that you have so many more people that are showing up the instance of someone taking it into a direction it's not meant to go, or someone that gets it perverted in their mind that somehow they have to go commit these acts of violence in order to carry out what they think is right. Is that the biggest problem? Is that what happened? And there wasn't enough de-escalation being done? It was just escalating, escalating? And and that's the problem, the escalation of it all without the de-escalation? Or maybe it's part of In our minds, we've just been banged over the head over and over and over again that no justice, no peace, and phrases like that means that we're going to justify any of our actions based on what we believe the justice should be, as opposed to allowing the process, allowing the courts to handle it, allowing the police to handle it. No, we're going to have to go to the streets and do this because, hey, otherwise— We're not going to be heard. So what we've seen with all of the Antifa BLM protests that have turned violent in the past as well, it's that type of thinking that maybe that's the dangerous thing, the ones that we've seen over and over and over again. Maybe it's the way that we handle uh, injustice, the way we look at it is the problem because, you know, what is justice, the eye of the beholder? Is there actual justice out there? Is there a process that you have to go through or is it something else? Is it you have to go and do vigilante justice justice? whenever you see fit in order to make things work for the, what you think should be the end result. That's dangerous. That's not how things should be done, but how often is that tolerated? We've seen a lot of examples of that where like, let's go to Portland or no Seattle. Yeah. We tolerate them taking over a city block, destroying everything, uh, trying to create their own autonomous zone. Are you kidding? We tolerated that for weeks. Why? And, there's just so many different ways to try to dissect what the real issue is here. And if you think that Donald Trump is the 100% originator of the issue, you're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. It's just not the case. Uh, Let's go to Barbara, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America.
7: Um, I wanted to say we don't want uh, an impeachment of uh, President Trump. That is because uh, we want to heal the nation. And you can't heal the nation with the impeachment uh, process going on. And this 74 million people voted for President Trump to be president, again, of the United States. So um, he's sitting in the seat of George Washington right now. So the thing about it is if you want to heal the nation, you should um, be more um, accepting of getting the new administration in, and also you're just going to anger the people that are Trump supporters, that have supported him through all this uh, election process and everything. And uh, the Congress, uh, we wanted a free and fair election, and we wanted Congress to look at a free and fair election. That's why they, um, Josh Hawley went to um, look at the election the way it was and also the vice president of the united states so Hmm. okay
3: well thank you barbara good to hear from you tonight i i think that a few things came to mind one of the things she mentioned was the uh, the process of this all the healing of it all and impeachment not helping with that again i just wonder how much escalation was done unnecessarily Because you could have handled this like Josh Hawley or Ted Cruz, who said, we are going to raise our concerns during the time when you're allowed to raise concerns, just like People have done in the past and just like they did for Donald Trump in six 2016 during the same electoral college count, just like they did in 2004 when the Democrats opposed George Bush and just like they did in 2000 when the Democrats uh, also opposed George Bush, just like it was all done in the past. We're going to use that. But somehow they're looked at as inciting violence by doing that. So we need to really make sure we define what is crossing the line. If raising a concern at the electoral college count is crossing a the line, then you don't have me on that. That's not. And, and, and being able to debate politics and be able to raise concerns of your government in a civil and nonviolent way, that should all be allowed. Um, I, so where is that then? Where should we go with it? What is the wh- what is real incitement anymore? Because it's just so vague and watered down the way that they're bringing it up right now as a, a way to try to impeach and have now put a second article uh, together. That's where we're at. And it's hard to look at that as anything other than political. And as y- if you really want to water it down, you're going to lose the value of how serious this actually is. All right, we'll take some more of your calls coming up. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. You know, again, I don't think Nancy Pelosi and them are really concerned with watering down Impeachment. I don't think they're concerned with just how serious of a weapon they're using right now in a very nonchalant political way. This is Overnight America, KMOX.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we
2: conclusively.
0: Sports.
1: It's the clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word
0: Kangamo a proud supporter of the 25th annual Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up, happening online this Friday through Monday. Join players, coaches, and alumni in virtual Cardinal experiences about life on and off the baseball diamond for a complete schedule and to buy tickets to the Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up Virtual Experiences. Head to cardinals.com slash WWU.
3: Welcome back to Overnight America, and thank you for the messages. We're getting some text messages in, not a lot. Uh, 314-436-7900. There was an address from the White House with President Trump. We may re-air that. It was about a five-minute address. I might do that maybe after the news at 11. Uh, It just depends. We'll see how things go. I'd like to talk to you, get more of your calls. If you called in last night and didn't get a chance to get on the air, you can call in again tonight. That would be good to hear from you. We'll start with Kim. Welcome to Overnight America.
8: Hi, Ryan. Uh, first of all, um, I don't. I don't believe Trump uh, told those people to storm the Capitol, but I, I do think that it was implied. And then my, my second, actually, is a question. Um, there, we only have like a week before the inauguration day. Now, is he going to be stripped from his powers and then the vice president take over? Or how does that work?
3: Well, nothing really happens in the interim. I mean, still the trial would have to happen, none of which looks like it'll even start until after Joe Biden is sworn in. So none of that would happen. Um, They would have to take a separate measure to maybe censure him so he wouldn't be able to do anything. But. I don't think that they've even discussed that as of right now. So it doesn't look like there's any stripping of power going on. Not that I've seen at least. Yeah. Uh, Are you worried? Uh, or Are you just curious?
8: I'm just curious.
3: Okay. I, I think a lot of people wonder if they would have gone that route first as opposed to impeachment. But I think the reason why they chose impeachment is because that is kind of the, that's the, the dark marker that you would have on your permanent record for all time for people to see if you're just doing a quick cliff notes version of a presidency i think that's all that's going to be right on the front cover that people need to know and I, maybe that's why they're doing it to try to make sure that that marker is there all right thank you kim good to hear no from problem. you three one four four three six seventy nine hundred uh let's go to robert who's calling in welcome to overnight america
1: robert yeah yes this is robert um yeah, I was thinking that right now it's sort of like 1984 thought control with the Democratic Party right now, that half of America is really excited and half of America is really sad, and um, that, that right now if you, you can get fired for saying all life matter, and there are people, there are lifts now for they're trying to fire people or uh, ruin book deals or whatever, go, you know, make the sources of their political campaigns. It's like the Democrats are being vindictive, and yet they're saying they want to unify America, but their actions are like the opposite. And there's a lot of people who are really scared, and some of us are lucky we don't have jobs where we have to keep quiet. We can't broadcast our opinions, but we don't have to totally be afraid of some of losing our job over one comment. Hmm. Okay,
3: thank you, Robert. I think a lot of people do wonder what you can get away with saying anymore in the workplace. I don't know. It, before there was this certain code of conduct where if you were working and you brought up faith or religion or whatever, uh, you can get in trouble for that, right? And people wondered, "Ah, oh, man, is that right for if if someone brings up?" a message they heard from church or an invitation to read uh, go to bible study or something like that is that enough to get in trouble and for a lot of workplaces they wouldn't allow those sort of things to happen and people wondered is that the right thing to do today it's something even more like if if you show up with a trump bumper sticker on your car into the wrong place you know you're going to be reprimanded, <laughs> if not by at least the people you work with. It's it's gotten to that point over the last couple of years where people recognize and realize that, hey, is it really worth the hassle or anything else? Uh, I think that for a while there, people felt pretty comfortable when there were all of these accomplishments stacking up, when unemployment was down low and we were... Creating these new trade deals and jobs were coming back, and companies were reinvesting. And you saw that there were all kinds of positive indicators with the economy, and people were happy with the 401k situation, and gas was lowered. And there were all of these other things that were swirling around. And all of a sudden, uh, there's countries that were discussing peace for the first time, and North Korea was. Uh, done throwing rockets up into space and we didn't, you know, we were talking to them again and we started to get a fair shake with China and said, we're just done with this and starting to renegotiate these uh, tariffs and these deals and between Canada and Mexico. And there was all of these other things that were going down that no one thought were possible. And then we go into the start of 2020. The virus exists, but we don't know it the way we know it today. And things were going into an impeachment. And we were looking at this and saying uh, it is it, it is a witch hunt, knowing what we saw with all of the different evidence and even the investigations that were out there. We find out that there were documents that were being forged. We know that members most likely like Adam Schiff, for example, we're going to guess it was him, even though we I don't think it was ever fully confirmed. But there were people leaking information to the uh, press that purposely wrong information that made them report things in order to make him look terrible. And then when the truth comes out, we find that this was just, an, an I mean, such an abuse of power on so many different levels going down. And all of these things, he, he goes through a first impeachment. He found that there was no criminal action. He was not found guilty, continues to preside. And then the coronavirus hits, and it really changed everything. It changed the landscape. People were upset about this. They were upset because they were losing their jobs. The government was closing down. Different states were doing things in different ways. They were didn't know what the financial future looked like. We continued to put ourselves into further debt. We couldn't get along when it came to package deals. We didn't know how we we're going to handle unemployment. And next thing you know, 20 million people are out of a job and you're shaking your head like, I can't believe this. Things were going so good for a while. Uh, then people were dying. Uh, we still didn't really know much about the virus. We didn't know how to properly handle it. There was a lot of misinformation. And we're still trying to find a way to balance all of this so we don't lose our semblance of everything that was gained. And that leads into an election. And it was so rocky and everything else goes into it. And every, I mean, they threw the sink at him. And Donald Trump loses. He loses the election. Joe Biden wins. And you scratch your head and think, how can someone that can't command 100 people at a rally who is running for president actually win this with the most votes ever recorded? And people start to question this. Keep in mind, investigations take time. You don't get to turn a full-blown investigation around in a matter of a couple of months. And maybe Trump overplayed his hand and what they thought they had as evidence, and none of it materialized. There could It doesn't mean that it's not out there. It doesn't mean that they can't continue the fight in the future and try to vindicate him uh, to show that there was problems, but maybe, maybe he overplayed his hand, and people got resentful, and then they went full-court press on him more than they've ever gone before, and it might have been an overreaction. I don't know. I don't know if that's just a safe way to try to say it, a, a sanitized way to say it, and here we are today. I don't know if that's a great way to look at President Trump's legacy in two minutes or less, but there it is. Uh, let's go to Terry, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America.
9: Yes, R- Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have wondered so long about this. I wish you could answer this question. Why won't everybody realize that Donald, President Trump... Would not have incited um, protests going into the Capitol when he himself was waiting to get the electoral votes uh, checked. Say that.
3: Okay, so say that again. Why would he incite violence if he was say that? So what? Say that one yeah, more time. Why,
9: why? would he incite violence on at the Capitol when he himself? was wanting to have those electoral votes checked.
3: I see. So that's I mean, when, when essentially... The, yeah, essentially he, that he stopped would, the process he wanted. He wanted to at least get that out there, but this disturbance made it so they couldn't even bring it up the way he uh, wanted it to come up. I see. So it's why, also, it's counterproductive for him if if that's what, it, what he was trying to do. Is that, is that what you're trying to say?
9: Yeah. I mean, he, he would be stopping his own... What he wanted done, he was... If, he would stop in it himself.
3: I see. Okay. Uh, thanks, Terry. I, I don't, I don't know. I, again, I think that even during when all of this was going down, people inside the Trump administration, and there, this has been reported, they thought it was Antifa doing it. They had no idea it was people that were his supporters doing it. They had they just, they didn't believe it. And let me just put this out there. And I, I'll just say this too. Um, if it was something you think Trump supporters are proud of, why do you think they blamed it on Antifa immediately? There's no way that people that would... uh, Because look at it. Why wouldn't they want to take um, uh, take them in as their own? They immediately ostracized and said, this isn't our people. There's no way. This has to be a setup. There's no way we would do this. They were even shocked by it. So I think that in a lot of ways, when we go back and try to understand what happened here, I don't know if there's any fair way to look at it. I really don't. I don't know if we can, in an unbiased way, look at this fairly, at least not right now. And that should go to tell you rushing articles of impeachment and trying to get it done the way that they're getting it done is a huge mistake. does does anyone look at this fairly? Can anyone Can they be impartial to all of this? I just don't think it's possible. We'll take some more of your calls coming up on overnight America. KMOX.
2: Now back to overnight America on KMOX sponsored by Michael's flooring,
3: the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Overnight
1: America
3: continues. And I'll take some more of your calls. We're, um, We're live up until midnight tonight and then after we have the replay hour. So you may actually be listening to this on a replay. You can find me on uh, Facebook. Ryan Wrecker Radio is where I'm on there. The podcast is a great way to listen to the show. Just do a quick search wherever you get your podcast for Overnight America. 314-436-7900. And Ken is calling in. Welcome to Overnight America.
10: Yeah, thanks, Ryan, for uh, taking my call. Uh, I don't know if it's possible. Uh, can you I, I don't think Trump's intent was the riot, the insurrection.
3: But I do think he should be impeached. I mean, is that is that totally contradictory? Uh, well, I think some people would look at it, but give me your justification. Why, if you don't think he well, was calling uh, if, for it, would justify the
11: Yeah,
10: uh, that's a good question. Uh I've seen enough law and order, and they use the term reckless endangerment uh, unless, as an example. Uh, you're playing with your gun and, and, or cleaning it or whatever, and it goes off accidentally and goes into the next apartment kills somebody. Your intent was, sir, you're going to say, I, you know, I, I had no idea. I, I didn't mean that. But you're guilty. And I, that's what I think. Uh, Trump, Trump acted with reckless endangerment but i do not think his intent was to incite the riot or or the the insurrection and one other right. one other thing um, i'm glad he's being impeached I, I i want that i think he has to pay some consequences and you know when i look back at george w i i think of the sign you know on that ship uh, mission accomplished when i think of clinton Monica Lewinsky just automatically comes to mind. And I think down through the ages, uh, when they talk about Trump, the first thing that's going to be said is he's the first president to ever be impeached twice. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm fine with that. And I want to say one other thing about you. Uh, mm-hmm. This is probably going to come off as a left-handed compliment. I, I think with your conservative bias, you do about as good as you can and <laughs> i say the same thing about me with <laughs> with my liberal bias god i'm trying to be objective and i i think you are too but my bias god it certainly
3: it holds me back and yeah i, I think you are tell doing you where okay. i come from and let me t- let me tell you this might be where you come from too I don't want to lie. Everything I say, I just, I don't want to lie about anything. So even though we could look at things in different ways and come to different conclusions, um, my goal is not to go out here and say anything that is untruthful or purposely misleading. I'm just trying to give it the way I see it.
10: Yeah, I I have never thought that you lied or misled. I, I just, I really felt like that that was your true feelings. And
3: given that,
10: I think you're doing okay.
3: (laughs) Thanks, Ken, for the ringing endorsement. I love that. Have a great night. See, he's like, he's, he's a liberal guy and he recognizes that he's got his liberal biases. I'm a conservative guy and realizes that I have my conservative biases. Sure. I get that. That's part of the nice nighttime discussions we can have here. It gives us much more open air to bring up topics like this where we can actually talk about the things where we don't have to yell and scream, which is nice. Uh, Joy is calling in. Welcome to Overnight America.
8: Oh, hi. Thank you. Um, What I wanted to talk about was the fact that I cannot, I cannot accept the fact that they say there's no Antifa there. They were there. I mean, it's obvious. We, you saw the helmets. You heard so many people talk about the people that lit the fire and threw the, I, I don't know what they were throwing, but these people were Antifa. And, you know, the FBI stood up there, and I did not believe one word from the FBI. Wow. I, I did not believe, because FBI, I think of Chris Ray. Chris Ray is a troublemaker. He's He should never, I don't know why Trump kept him uh christopher ray he's worthless i know so many people who are in the fbi and the cia and i know they're both have bad reputations. honest to god i would like to see i it just it just kills me to think of what's going on right now even i didn't listen to the t- to to the radio all day and listen uh, to the tv you had to stay away I, from, could, I get it i had to well i'm yeah i don't have a voice um yeah, there is okay. uh Well, no, I, I think
3: I get what you're saying there, Joy. Uh thank you for that. But no, I get what you're saying. And this that's another point I wanted to bring up and I I just I touched on it before. If this is something you believe uh those that are, like if if you are someone that voted for Donald Trump and you believe that okay, uh hey, Maybe you hate Donald Trump. Maybe you're someone that voted for Biden and you despise Donald Trump, and you say, "See all of you enablers out there. This is your fault. This is what you wanted. You were driven to the point, and you were acting on something you wanted to do." Then why is it that immediately everyone just said, "This has to be Antifa. There's no way one of our own would do something like this." And even as part of the address that Donald Trump had from the White House, he said, "No actual supporter among." would do something like this. So I think that immediately people separated themselves and they just could not believe what they were seeing coming from their own side because this is what they've come to expect from Antifa or some of these other, you know, the BLM and Antifa and all of these uh, track records of protests that have turned violent. And they said, no way, it has to be that. But unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, it did happen. And when it did happen, the FBI has been able to identify and has been able to arrest and have been able to positively show that it was people that were, honest to goodness, Trump supporters doing it. And it pains me to believe that, but it's true. And there's no way around it. Now, could there have been other people aggravating it? I don't know. Maybe they, they, they crowd sizes that could be, but I just don't know. There's just you got to be very careful in the way that you're handling it. Okay. Uh, Let's go to Bill. Welcome to Overnight America.
11: Hey, how you doing? Good. I wish Ken would watch the speech he gave in Washington. I wish all of America would watch the speech. Ken is a liberal. He hears what he wants to hear. President Trump never once mentioned aggression. He never once mentioned violence. I would bet you that 95% of people in this nation have never watched the speech through and through or they would shut up about it's his fault and they're glad he was impeached. I've been around this uh, place for 73 years and I voted Democrat and I voted Republican. I have never had a good financial and secure life under a, de- a Democrat, any hmm. Democrat, All of them all cause the gas prices to go up. All of them all want to kiss butt on the rest of the world. This guy (laughs) here who was in office for one term, one term, and I'm a political science major back in college, has done more for this nation if they'd look up his accomplishments than anybody in the history except for George Washington. And I know that's going a far ways, but research it. But above all, watch the tape, Ken. If you know okay. you're a biased liberal, get your evidence right before you get on the radio and start running
3: no. south. okay, yeah. And no, I think you might be a little bit hard on him because I think all he was doing was trying to point out he understands things in a different way, and he recognizes that. And I, I think that that's it's, it's just an innocent way of saying that there wasn't any weight for any other way I was taking it. So, but thank you very much for your call, Bill. And the points that you're making about. The, everything that Donald Trump was able to do during his presidency. Think about the things that could be immediately reversed, that'll have negative impacts on the economy. There's a lot of things that are scaring people. And we'll talk to Michael Bussler about that next hour. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Tune in
0: is the audio platform with something for everyone.